My name is David Raskin. I just wanted a second chance. Do you think we can go to jail for this? What is that? It's a time machine. Well, let's take this thing out for a spin. Oh, and get I love time travel. I didn't mean to hurt anybody. Whatever we did had some crazy ripple effects. How many times have you done this? Project Almanac, rated PG-13, theaters January 30th. Hello, everyone. This is Rico, and you're listening to Treks in Sci-Fi, podcast 524 for February 1st, 2015. Super Bowl Day, if that interests you. And it is uh, podcast day for me, too. So, uh, hey. Uh, what you heard at the beginning there was a little TV spot for the new movie out uh, called Project Almanac, which I actually went to see yesterday. I'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, spoiler-free brief review of that on today's podcast. The main topic, what we're going to do is a classic-style show. We're going to look at a Voyager episode, a very early Star Trek Voyager episode from Season 1. and it's like, I think it's like the fourth episode or so. It is called Time and Again. Uh, and as you may be able to tell from the title, it involves time travel, so that it's kind of appropriate uh, for today since I am also going to be talking a little bit about that Project Almanac movie, which is, of course, a big time travel. Teenagers get time machine. Teenagers use time machine. Things go awry. So uh, what else? Uh, you know, talk about the usual things, what's going on in the world of geekiness and, uh, and you know, Trek and Star Wars and, and lots of stuff like that. So, hey, hang on. Let's do this. I'm Captain Kirk. Ladies and gentlemen, may I present the winners of the 74th Annual Hunger Games. We are the men in black. I'm the doctor, by the way. What's your name? Rose. Nice to meet you, Rose. Run for your life. My name is Optimus Prime. I am the Futurist of War. Resistance is futile. Yes, it's Jedi's trick. Lord from the force, but beware of the dark side. Oh. 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 Iron Man, that's kind of catchy. It's got a nice ring to it. I mean, it's not technically accurate. This is a gold titanium alloy. I'm sorry, David. I'm afraid I can't do that. This is a reach call. You're listening to Treks and Sci-Fi. All right, again, welcome to the show, everyone. This is Rico, your host for this week's edition of Treks and Sci-Fi. A few bits of uh, business. Uh, If you're new to the show, I welcome you. Been doing this for a very long time, (laughs) 10 years almost. And it's, uh, it's always fun each week. It's always a bit of a... You know, always a little different, but sometimes familiar things too. Uh, it's uh, this week is kind of a familiar style. Haven't done a show like this in a little while, more than a month at least, I think. Had some guest things, some special shows for the holidays, and, and so forth. So if you're, again, if you're a longtime listener, again, I always appreciate all of you coming back and listening to uh, me by myself chatting here in my basement. How how 
How fun is that? Anyway, and uh, if you'd like to contact the show, treksf at gmail.com is the best way. We have a pretty great Facebook group going. We have a forum that's, yes, it's still around, even in the days of Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and social media everywhere. We still try to uh, have, uh, you know, kind of a little core group of us on the forum. You're welcome to join that if you'd like. Just shoot me an email. Let me know what username you'd like on the forum, and I will set you up there. So what's been going on? Well, today it's snowing like crazy. It's just started. We're supposed to be getting maybe up to about, here's the, as uh, as we talked about the other day when I guested on the Star Wars Stacks uh, podcast with uh, Chris and Joe. Jen is the other uh, co-host of that show. She wasn't on. So they dragged me. No, no, dragged is, is not the right word to use, but... But Chris was mentioning, you know, at the beginning, we're, we're chit-chatting back and forth before we kind of recorded, and we're talking all about the weather and traffic, and it was like we were doing, you know, uh, here we go with the news and traffic report here in Michigan for today. Well, being Sunday, I don't mind the fact that it's snowing like, uh, well, it hasn't really started super heavy yet. We're supposed to get to the point where we're going to get about an inch an hour of snow, and truthfully, this is like the first big snow we've had of the year we've had a couple inches here a couple inches there nothing too terrible uh but this is the 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 big uh big mama i guess snowstorm i think so far and i think in general this winter is not going to be anything like the ridiculous crazy amount of snow and cold that we had last winter although we've had some pretty cold temperatures we certainly have not had the snowfall that we've had or we had last year uh, although today is going to help make up for some of that, at least. I'm not sure what our total will bring after today, but it, it'll probably still average all out. So I'll be spending, after I podcast, uh, you know, a good part of the afternoon outside shoveling. I, I still don't have a snowblower, shame on me. So have to use muscle power and a plastic or a metal. Well, we have a couple different shovels. And this is really cool sci-fi geek stuff, isn't it? So why haven't they invented, like, heated driveways with a little, like, wire in the in the driveway that just melts the snow away you know with although I, I suppose if it melted it it would just put it all that water in the street right and then that would just free freeze and that'd be a big mess so probably not a great idea or maybe maybe like one of those little Roombas but for snow removal what do you think huh what do you think is that a million dollar idea like a little robot snow remover I guess you can hire a, a snowplow guy which is pretty much the same thing Although we get annoyed at the guy, there's a older lady that lives across the street from us, and she has a snowplow guy come clear her driveway, and he just pushes the snow over onto our basically our yard grass, whatever. So, which annoys my wife to 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 a great degree. I I don't know. It's it kind of annoys me, but I'm like, yeah, whatever. It's just snow. So okay, all right. Let's get into the geekery. Uh, enough about that junk. Enough about winter. Uh, I am envious of all the people who live in warm weather at this time of the year. I've said many, 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 many times I'm not a cold winter person. I don't really like it. Last too long. I like the warmer weather. Last, uh, well, a little more than a week ago, uh, I was down in Mexico in Chihuahua again for about a week for work, and the weather down there was fantastic. It was actually warmer than I thought it was going to be. I mean, I figured it'd be warm, uh, warmer than here, of course. But we were into the 80s uh, most of the days. It got a little cooler towards the end of the week, and we got some uh, weather came through. Actually, I, I actually saw it rain in Mexico, which, uh, you know, it's super obviously dry and arid down there. 
especially in that part of Mexico. They get very little rain uh, yearly, and but but there was a little rain, the, uh, and it was really cold the, the morning that I left. I actually think I saw a snowflake or two. Uh, so it, um, it was good to get out of there, I guess. But that was fun. Nice to get away from the uh, cold for a while and do that. But let's talk geek stuff. Let's talk uh, Project Almanac. This new movie, MTV Studios, is one of the parts of the multiple production companies. You know, I don't get movies these days or exactly how this all works and who's connected to what. But I, I don't know if you've noticed, but it seems more and more when I watch movies these days, there's about, I don't know, four or five, six different little production company logos that flash on the screen at the beginning of the movie before the movie starts. Remember when it used to be just like MGM or Universal or 20th Century Fox, period, period, end of story. Now it's like 12 different companies that, that pay for these movies, which I, get, I don't know. I guess that's just the modern age that, that it takes, you know, you can't just get one studio to back the movie, I think. I don't know. I'm not an expert on it, but uh, it just... It's, it's a bit weird to me, somewhat. But anyway, Project Almanac, uh, MTV Studios is one of the names that flashed up at the beginning. I heard that. And I could tell from the previews for, from this, uh, for this movie that it was going to be kind of a, a, a teenage kind of uh, take on time, time travel. Teenage ti- take on time travel. There we go. Say that a few times fast. And it, that's what it turns out to be. I'm not going to spoil it at anything. I, I It was an okay movie. I put it into the kind of okay category. I would have probably actually been fine with watching it on, on Netflix or, or DVD or Blu-ray in the future. I, I, I'd have to say it was not quite as good as I had hoped it would be. Or When I say that, I mean I didn't think there was as much depth there as I was hoping for. Even some of the previews made it look a little bit more interesting than it kind of turned out to be and I don't want to be terribly negative on it I mean I you know like like I've said many times I I tend to like things for what they are and I could see what they were trying to do with this I think for about an 18 to 20 year old this movie would probably be a lot more they probably enjoy it maybe more fun I mean they include some of the obvious and you see this again all in the trailer so it's not a spoiler but the obvious stuff of if you could go back in time a little you know you could figure out a way to make money you could figure out a way to to do the right thing when you meet a girl and that kind of stuff and that's in that's a a fair portion of this movie but then of course things start to get messed up and uh, they do spend a little time I I do find it good that they don't just get it's not like hot tub time machine where they just get this thing and bang they can use it there there's a little bit of you know the main guy character um he's he's pretty scientifically oriented just like his his father uh and he is involved in and a few of them are involved with trying to build this thing up again i'm not going to give it too much away but so they go into some depth a little bit it's not like somebody just hands them this thing and says hey here you go but i think probably in the last about third of the movie it kind of got um i was hoping for more let's just say a deeper movie and a little more interesting but it was good. It was okay. You know, I mean, it was just what it is. It is uh, definitely something you could probably, if you're not a big uh, movie goer, you don't go to the movies a lot. Probably something you could easily wait for on Netflix. But um, the weird thing about this, or one thing about this movie, uh, and I'm not sure exactly why this happened, but this movie I've heard uh, about or knew about for a very long time. I think it was actually finished 
a long time back, at least six months to a year ago or more, I think it was. I think I heard different release dates, and then it finally kept getting pushed back, and then I finally heard, you know, the early part of 2015 it was going to come out. So I'm not really sure why. I'm not sure if they were tweaking things or what the reasons were behind that. We've got another one coming next week, Jupiter Ascending, uh, that one with Mila Kunis and Channing Tatum. I wanted to say Tatum Channing, Channing Tatum. Uh, that uh, by the Wachowskis, uh, that is, you know, that movie was supposed to be out, I believe, last summer was the first release date, and they pushed it back until now, which people have said, oh, that means it's going to be crap and it's not going to be any good, but I'm still really excited to see that movie. I mean, I love a, a spacey kind of space opera type movie, of course, so it's it's right up my alley, and, uh, you know, it's kind of why I saw Project Almanac, too. I love time travel and time travel stories and movies and tv shows so it it would be uh it would be or hopes to be a, a fun movie uh, we'll see how it turns out uh, i think uh got some interesting ideas this certainly looks amazing this uh jupiter ascending movie so i'll be seeing that probably next weekend so that's what i've seen on that front let's i, I guess we could segue over into what's been going on in tv and as as i've said several many times uh, still, to me, the funnest, the most fun shows on on the air are on like the CW with Arrow and The Flash and The Vampire Diaries is still a great show. I've never been as much of a fan of the originals that vampire show, but I, I still watch it. So those are great. Gotham on uh, Fox, it's on Fox, right? Gotham, yeah, and Sleepy Hollow. Those are all still great. Uh, I really like Sleepy Hollow, and I think there's. A fair number of people that that either didn't get into watching that last year, but I'm I'm going to give you a little plug for Sleepy Hollow. I think it it um, it really has a fantastic cast. It has a great cast. It's real interesting show. It's a lot of fun, and it it's I, I would suggest you try to give like the first season especially only ran I think it was ten or eleven, twelve episodes. They kind of had a half season. So check that out. I believe it's on Netflix, and, and give it a roll. Uh, I think even season two is even better. It's there's more uh, different characters involved. It's a deeper story, and I just love the two main characters, especially uh, Abby, the police detective, and uh, of course Ichabod Crane, uh, played by uh, he's Tom Meissen. Meissen, that's how you say his name. And I can never. It's like Nicole the Bar. I forget how you pronounce the um or maybe i'm thinking wasn't that esri but it's a similar name it's something like that i'll look it up here in a second but um they are great the two leads especially really strong actors there was a hilarious scene in the last episode which involved them doing uh karaoke which which was great yeah it is nicole nicole dabari yeah that is which is very close to esri who played esri dax's real name um so Sleepy Hollow, uh, a high recommendation. Check it out. It, it's a lot of fun if you enjoy uh, a little, you know, spookiness and intrigue, that kind of stuff, uh, and uh, just some good good acting and some good stories. And, and there's a real nice uh, relationship between the two main characters, and it's not romantic really at all. So that's uh, refreshing. I, I, I find that, that it's, it's very similar in a way, that relationship to... Uh, Mulder and Scully on the X-Files that they care about each other a lot but there's no there's no romance or anything going on here so uh, 
So check that out. And what else TV-wise? Of course, Grimm is fantastic. There's a lot of these kind of fantasy-type shows on like that right now. I'm still watching Constantine. Uh, and there's something else. Oh, 12 Monkeys. That's what I wanted to talk about. Anyone else out, out there watching the sci-fi show 12 Monkeys? It's semi-based on that movie. Uh, I, it, it also involves time travel, basically, the, in the future. The world has been pretty wiped out by this uh, bad uh, disease plague. And this guy has to go back in time to try to set things right or stop stop that from happening. And that is on Friday nights on the Sci-Fi Channel, which you can probably find online. I, I think doesn't I believe Hulu gets the Sci-Fi Channel shows. I'm not sure how soon they get them, but that is available. Uh, you know, or that is around too. So lots of you know fantastic time with TV. I did watch all of Galavant. I was um, eh, I wasn't really super thrilled by it, frankly. Uh, it was okay. It just it wasn't that funny to me. Uh, the music and the production was pretty pretty fun and, and neat, and, and but it was uh, I don't know. It just didn't do much for me. I guess I was hoping for a little more Monty Python like kind of uh, show, and it didn't turn out quite like that. Uh, but I watched the whole thing. Watched all I guess it was eight episodes. They showed like two episodes every week when it was on. It was only like technically a half hour 30 minute show but they would show two episodes every week so so that's been uh, or has finished up uh, but uh, I think those are the highlights of what I'm watching uh, Marvel Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is still off the arrow because Agent Carter is on Agent Carter I've been watching it's I, I enjoy it but I, I find it, it's somewhat boxed in by the way they've why the way they've plotted out the show and the, what she's involved with right now. Although the next episode that's coming on makes it look like it might be a little break out of the little box they're in to a degree. Um, but it's fun. It's fun. I, I I don't know if there's, you know, even I, who I'm a huge, obviously, comic book fan, love the movies, Avengers, and all the Marvel stuff, and, and hoping DC, you know, get some good movies going. They've got some great TV shows. But I, I'm I'm still wondering how many more comic book shows can we do? I and mean, we've got uh, some stuff coming on Netflix soon, Daredevil. So even I have a hard time keeping up with all this stuff. It's uh, it's hard. It's hard to do. And I watch some regular type type shows too. Uh, well, I guess Person of Interest has sort of a somewhat of a sci-fi element to it with this Big Brother machine uh, in the show. Uh, I also watched that, started to watch that new Backstrom detective cop show just because it looked kind of fun. But anyway, let me take a short break here. I'm going to come back, talk a little of other news and information, and then we'll get into the uh, Star Trek Voyager episode. So stand by. I'll be back in a moment. Hello, Rico and sci-fi listeners. This is Sean, co-host of the Rusted Robot Podcast, just sending a quick message to say that I've finally done it. I've actually done it. I never thought I'd get to this day, but I have now listened to every single episode of Treks in Sci-Fi. I discovered the podcast in May of 2013, just after Into Darkness premiered. And ever since then, as I walk and deliver the mail, I listen to the show. I've been trying to catch up, and it's taken me almost a year and a half to get through more than 500 incredible episodes of this show. I can't thank you enough for the amazing entertainment that you, Rico, and all of the co-hosts and the guests have uh, have given me. And it's all free. It's incredible. And I've also met some incredible people through the show. 
and they've helped me with my podcast. Actually, you inspired me to do a collectible section on my own show. I, I really miss that that's not a regular part of your show every single week. That that was my favorite part at the beginning. Just absolutely loved it. And I'm glad you've brought it back here and there occasionally. It's awesome. So there's no new episodes, no old episodes in the queue waiting for me. But that's okay because I'll just go on the journey like everybody else who's all caught up. And I'm looking forward to it. I may be late to the podcast game, but I'm here to stay. And I just wanted to say thanks again and uh, enjoy the rest of your day. All right, a few other bits of news and things to talk about. Let's talk a little bit about Trek, what's been going on with Trek. Well, um, some of the latest news is for the next Star Trek movie, quote-unquote Star Trek Three, or the third of this new version of, of Trek that J.J. Abrams started back in 2009. Simon Pegg, of course, the actor that played Scotty in those two movies, he has been tasked with working on the script, writing the script with another guy named Doug Jung, who, let's see, he's listed as the creator of the TNT series Dark Blue. They're going to co-write the script. Who knows what the story is? This all comes on the uh, the announcement that Roberto or Bob Orsi has left, um, both being a possible director for the movie and the story and the script that he supposedly had has been dropped, it seems. So everyone's kind of looking at this as like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen? Are they going to get it out in time for that July? I think it's July of 2016, the release. And Justin Lin, who had directed The Fast and the Furious uh, 6, the one previous to the one that's coming out, I think, in April this year, he's going to supposedly direct this third movie. So who knows? It could be quite a bit different than the last two. Maybe that'll be a good thing for the people who didn't enjoy those very much. Uh, we'll see what happens. I just want them to do kind of something unique and do different and original and out, kind of out there, you know, really bend our minds as much as possible. I mean, do something. Don't, you know, kind of take bits from an old episode. Don't, you know, don't involve old Spock again. You know, get rid of all, drop everything that you could possibly, you know, and, and just come up with something out there and different and, and just have them... I don't know, run into some new set of aliens that, that aren't that aren't necessarily bent on destroying the universe or, or taking over Earth or who knows. It's I just got to believe if you get a bunch of smart guys in a room for a couple of days, they could pitch a couple of ideas you could use that would be kind of new and unique and they wouldn't be using stuff from other things. Uh, okay, enough about that. So that's that's coming. Hopefully they'll get it together. They're supposed to be filming sometime probably in the next you know, springtime probably of this year they've got to, so they can, you know, that'll be about a year out or a little more than a year out from the movie. We also have a uh, comic series, a new comic series. There's a Star Trek Planet of the Apes crossover uh, called The Primate Directive. Uh, issue 2 is out. I just read that uh, yesterday, picked it up yesterday, read it yesterday. It's pretty good. If you like the apes, if you like the Planet of the Apes stuff, if you like Star Trek, it, it, it's, it works pretty well. It's not. Uh, they have a pretty good idea of how they, they bring these two franchises together. So I And I swear, I think I remember that they've done an apes Trek crossover way in the past, but I can't recall exactly what that was about or when it happened. So if you're a comic book reader, or even if you're not, maybe check that out. The uh, They finished up, I believe, the Q Gambit. Yeah, I think that storyline ended in the regular Star Trek ongoing series. You know, they've got a Star Trek comic ongoing series that is follows the crew of the, the JJ-verse Trek uh, 
group, and you know it's been pretty good. The Q storyline was 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 interesting that they did um, over the last few months. So uh, so check that out. And there's always, of course, Trek novels to read that are out there. We just uh, it's kind of appropriate doing a Voyager episode today because Voyager just celebrated its 20th anniversary. Remember, it started back in January uh, of 20. Or sorry, 20. Uh, started in January of 1995. Let me get this out. So 1995 to 2015, 20 years. 20 years of uh, since Voyager first started. Uh, hard to believe when you think about it. Although if you consider it ran for seven years, that means, what, it's been off the air for 13 years? doesn't quite sound as long, although it's still a long time. And, uh, of course, we had Enterprise after that. And, heck, Enterprise uh, started in... What two thousand and or ended? Sorry, ended in two thousand and five, right? So we have not had Trek on on TV for ten years now, right? Yeah, that's that's so. We need to, you know, it's been talked about a lot of time. There's always these articles that pop up. Oh, it's going to be bought and be on Netflix. Oh, CBS is going to do a new TV series. I still say there will be a new TV series. I I still think it won't happen until after the next movie comes out. Because I, th- I have a feeling this next movie, without, you know, blowing up the Enterprise and all the crew, of course, they would never do that. I have a feeling this will kind of end this little group of movies, is, is my guess, with these actors and this kind of phase of Star Trek movies, let's call it. So I think that will open up the the potential to, to do a new TV show and then try to come up with, well, what are we going to now do for the movies? You know, would we would we do something totally unique and original? Will we continue in the JJ verse? Will we go back to the original Prime universe? What what's going to happen there? But I, I I think that we'll get another Trek series. I think that it still won't happen though until the next movie is out. Because uh, I mean, truthfully, that's only like a what a year and a half away. So that's a, probably a pretty safe bet. It, it would take a uh, at least six months to a year to to mount and start a new Trek series up you know, and do it right. So uh, it's it's getting to be a pretty safe bet that we won't have a new series before this next movie comes out. And and that's that's fine. But I, I'm hoping that we do get something going or something announced even before the movie comes out. And maybe it starts in, let's say the movie comes out in 2016, the summer. Hey, it would be great to have a new series start that fall on television uh, some way. Or when I say TV, I mean like it could be on a network. It could be on a cable channel. It could be on uh, Netflix. It it could be on Yahoo. Who knows what it could be on? Lots of things. Amazon's got TV shows. Everybody's doing TV shows these days. So we'll see what happens. But yeah, twenty years since Voyager uh, started, and also other one little other Trek bit of business, and then I'll get on to the uh, episode that we're going to look at. Star Trek Continues, that fan film series set in the original uh, Star Trek universe, TOS era. Uh, They've got a new uh, Kickstarter campaign. They're calling it Kirkstarter 2.0 to fund new episodes. They're doing pretty good. They've, uh, I think they've hit their, their like 100,000 goal to give us at least a couple more episodes. And then I think they've got stretch goals, they call it, you know, to, to build other sets, do some location work, whatever. So uh, Star Trek Continues, you can find them online. Just search for Star Trek Continues. I think that might be the URL anyway for their main website. They also have a pretty active Facebook group as well. So 
or go over to Kickstarter and search for Star Trek Continues, and you'll find their their uh, campaign. I think it goes till about the middle of February, roughly. So uh, so please donate. Yeah, that's great stuff that they do. You know, if you got ten, twenty bucks, you can just you know send over to them. Probably not too bad. Uh, you know, you don't have to you know mortgage the house and support, but. You know, these campaigns work well because they hit a mass audience out there. And if everybody hands them, you know, $10, $20, they, they usually can get off the ground and do pretty well. It's, there was even talk at one time, and I think somebody started this a campaign to just say, could the, you know, the fan base, could people out there just support and, and pay for a new Star Trek series? Uh, we haven't quite gotten to the point of that, like a, uh, let's call it a professional level uh, series that I can think of that was totally funded uh, by the by the you know people. Uh, they I guess they did the they've done some movies like they had that what Veronica Mars movie and a couple other people I think have done some movies kind of more or less crowdsource funded. Uh, so uh, we're we're pretty much on the cusp of it though. It's it's uh, you know maybe maybe at some point in time it'll become like that or maybe you will say oh i'd like to here's a i'd like to have you know access to seeing a new star trek series and here's 20 bucks or 30 bucks or 50 bucks or whatever and and then that's going to you know pay for a new series and i'll i'll be able to watch it maybe you know months before anyone else so who knows who knows one of the problems with that kind of strategy would be it's going to be then pirated and and given out to everybody right it's kind of like you, you know, even even movies these days that are on like pay per view. People have ways of copying those and 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 sending them out to everyone. So probably the best way to do it is just get donations, put the episodes out there, and then allow everyone to to view them, even if you didn't necessarily donate. Some of the Kickstarter stuff, like the Star Trek Continues guys, I think one of the um, options they have, and a few other places have done this as well, is they may give you like. You get a sneak preview like a few days ahead for the for the new episode, but they know that they can't really keep the genie in the bottle. Once the episode's out there, they know it's going to show up everywhere. It's kind of like that interview movie uh, situation in a way where that started to pop up everywhere. Now you can watch it on Netflix. So, uh, okay, that's enough. I'm, I've already talked for like gosh a half hour. That's ridiculous about just <laughs> well fun stuff. I think so. Let us get into Voyager episode. Time it again. Uh, season one, episode four, uh, it involves Janeway and Paris a lot and time travel and things. So I'm going to play the episode comment along, and uh, so let's get into it. Holding course 351, mark 10, warp 7. We'll be passing a red dwarf system in 40 minutes. I can't tell yet if there are any in-class planets. Okay, technically this is uh, episode three, but since the first one was like two parts, it's Ready? sort of considered four no, to me. I really want to get on that translator assembly diagnostic. Harry, I can't do this alone. Sorry. Oh, you're making a big mistake. Can't you see what's going to happen? We are the only humans out here, Harry. People are going to start pairing off. And if we don't get to the Delaney sisters and stellar cartography soon, somebody else will. I got a girl back home. So what? I got five. I plan on seeing mine again. Harry, 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 Harry. You really think she's going to wait for you? I hope so. 
Let her go. So this is the first, I think, or one of the first mentions of the Delaney life. sisters that uh, Paris and Harry Kim are always talking you, about. I need to run a translator diagnostic. And you need to run a self-diagnostic. Look, <laughs> they come as a pair. It's a double date or no date. Come on. I told them all about you. What did you tell them about me? Well, for they all look thing, so I'm young here to me, in a way. Pilot speed record at the academy. Even for record. Voyager era, you know, by the broke any early first season versus season seven, like say. Oh, I guess no date with the Delaney sisters. Report! We're at the leading edge of a shockwave. Now we sort of uh, segue over to Kess in her quarters. Minor hull breach on deck three contained. Shields are holding. Engineering is undamaged, Captain. All systems operational. Mr. Paris, can you identify the source of the wave? I'm not Sometimes sure. her voice just sounds so much Scanners like uh, Catherine Hepburn. Red Dwarf <laughs> system we're approaching. It's just amazing. It consists of differentially charged polaric ions, Captain. Oh no, polaric ions. Differentially charged. That would suggest a massive detonation. Are you familiar with any intelligent life forms in this system, Mr. Neelix? Familiar? Uh, not exactly uh, familiar. Considerably less than familiar, actually. Adjust course to investigate. Aye, Captain. Or just keep going home, you know. You can do that, but... Uh, well, this outfit for Cassie that she's wearing here is different, that I don't really remember a lot her wearing. It's sort of blue-purple. She comes up to the bridge. The origin of the shockwave is an M-class planet, Captain. We're within visual range. On screen. All vegetation on the planet has been destroyed. No satellite system in orbit. No evidence of spacecraft. Life signs. None. None. But the polaric radiation may be interfering with the scanners. So yeah, it's pretty, pretty devastated-looking place. Artificial waterways and a global aqueduct system. There is a civilization down there, Captain. Why oh, there was? What do we know about surface conditions? Radiation is within acceptable levels. Atmosphere breathable. Mr. Paris, Tuvok, you're with me. Miss Torres, meet us in transporter room two. On my way. Commander, you have the bridge. What, no objective? Or no, no objective. No objection to the captain just taking off like that? Hmm. Come on, Chakotay. What are you doing? So they beam down, obviously, and, you know, place looks pretty, pretty devastated. Uh, it's all dark and dingy. No power. All the vegetation around this facility that they're at, it looks pretty destroyed. Looks like a big old bomb basically went off almost. All right, let's dial down the opening theme here. Okay, this episode, Voyager, uh, again, the uh, Production number was 104, which basically means it's the fourth production episode 
first aired on January 30th, 1995. Well, how's that for uh, a 20-year gap? Uh, you know, because today is just the day after January, well, January 31st, but 20 years later, I'm talking about it on Treks in Sci-Fi. The teleplay is by David Kemper and Michael Piller. Of course, Michael Piller, one of the co-creators of Voyager, David Kemper's original story for this episode, and directed by a regular Trek uh, veteran director, Les Landau. This episode is, I think, notable for a couple things. One, it's, it involves time travel, which I enjoy. And, and the other thing that I think is good here is that it, it, it kind of establishes a lot of Janeway, and she's got a big part in this early episode of Voyager and, and her relationship with Paris, because a lot of the episode involves the two of them together. So I, I, I like that. Tom Paris was always one of my favorite characters on Voyager. He's kind of the one I kind of identified with probably maybe the most of the show. Kind of this cocky pilot guy, you know, kind of doesn't always follow the rules. And uh, a, bit, a bit of the Han Solo, I think, uh, character or characteristics in Voyager for, for him. So uh, back to the episode. Time and again, get into the uh, first full act here of the show. So we've got the, uh, the characters investigating this uh, blasted-out area. Very likely ignited by the detonation of one or more Polaric ion devices. That's what happened. The people here never had a chance. They're gone. Vaporized. Everything organic has basically been obliterated. At least it happened quickly. A Polaric detonation would have swept through this city in seconds. Yeah, so that's why there's a, it's a convenient way of killing off everyone because there's no no need for bodies everywhere. During a testing of one of these devices, it led to the Polaric Test Ban Treaty of 2268. This is also a little so, bit of play on certain weapons that have been used and well, not just not really used but developed. I'm not so sure there was a war. Look at these readings below. With um, with wars and things on Earth, so. Polaric ion concentrations are so high. I can't get an accurate reading. I'd say these conduits were the source of the explosion, wouldn't you? A civilization powered by polaric ion energy? That's what it looks like. A time bomb underneath every street. Hmm, time bomb. Hole. Get it? What do you mean, you saw it? How could you see it? I don't know. So we're back on uh, Voyager now with... Uh... Neelix and Kess talking about what she could see in her mind, what happened. She was asleep at I the saw time. Them burn. <laughs> Their bodies. And it's just where they stood. <laughs> you felt the shockwave in your sleep. Just your imagination. Strange coincidence. I don't think so. What else could it be? It was... It was almost telepathic. Telepathy is a message. Words. Voice. What you're describing, why, it's... It's almost like the visions of Drakean forest dwellers. Who? A tribe with paranormal abilities. They can walk into an empty room. Neelix, my ancestors were said to have unusual mental abilities. No one believes those stories. 
I always have. So she had sort of a vision of this happening, you know, these people uh, dying. And this is an episode that, you know, kind of starts to establish, you know, some of the abilities and powers that Kess has, which is sort of a side side story, I guess, to the main main thing that goes on in this episode. Look, this may be some kind of timepiece. So Stop. Paris the picked up like this sort of clock thing. What was that? What? Didn't you hear that? Hear what, Lieutenant? And for a bl Kids, brief play. moment, he was he was, was like close to me as... in a different time, and now he's back again with everyone basically alive. Things are lit up. Everything looks normal. I don't understand. I was here in this square, but there were people. You never left here, Tom. But I saw them. Lots of people, children playing, and the sun was shining. There was no evidence of an explosion. Everyone was alive and happy. You were standing here the whole time. Your central nervous system is showing a temporal flux, but it's rapidly returning to normal. The chain reaction has shattered subspace, Captain. I want everyone to stand exactly where they are. If Tuvok's right, there may be subspace fractures floating like icebergs across the planet's surface. Away team to Voyager. Go ahead. Four to beam up. <laughs> Tuvok, Balana, Jamie. So they, they uh, Janeway hey, and uh, Paris are there, but it's all right. this little kid sees him and he screams. I saw them! They appeared out of thin air! They're some kind of demons! I saw them with my own eyes! All I'm right. sorry we startled them. We just came around the corner. They're lying! Shh, now, calm down. You've been reading too many of those dark storm tales, young fellow. There's no such thing as demons. But I'm telling you... Uh, 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 run along now. Have a confection bar and calm down. <laughs> All right, everybody, back to your business. Fortunately, to see here now. these aliens look basically like humans. Oh, they have different clothing and, no and things, but who knows what gets into their heads, huh? Oh, perhaps the uniform scared him. We're not from this area. Hmm. Come in on the Continental Transport this morning. Is uh that what they're wearing in Kalto Province these days? Uh, this is a little more formal than most. You know how it is when you travel. We were actually looking for a clothing shop. We thought we'd change into something more appropriate. There's one right over there. I hope the rest of your stay with us is more enjoyable. So they dodge that pretty quickly and pretty easily. I wish I could so. say it will be. So for some reason, yeah, just Paris, he picked up that object and then uh, Janeway touched him on the shoulder and, and they seem to have traveled in Maybe time, possibly I'm back uh, some Calco period of Bronx. time. I'm not used to your timepieces. They're no different than Colton timepieces. Are you sure? What do these numbers stand for? Rotations, intervals, fractions. Same as any timepiece. 14 coladas. A fair price. I might stop back later, if there's time. If I understood correctly, this world is going to be destroyed sometime tomorrow. 
Yeah, so he could get a, a bearing on things based on the time that no it was stopped at and what he saw in the piece that was actually working. This is one of the subspace fractures we've located with a magneton scan of the surface. This is the time of the explosion, where the fracture opens. Then, as the shock waves dissipate, the fracture grows more narrow. We believe that the captain and Lieutenant Paris are trapped at the narrow end. Shock waves from most explosions dissipate into the future, but we're speculating, based in part on what Paris told us he saw, that these dissipate into the past. That's consistent with the subspace damage we've observed. Why haven't they been able to return as Mr. Paris did the first time? He wasn't all the way inside a fracture. Remember, we still saw Paris standing there even when he could see the other side. So it's possible the captain and Paris are existing only hours and minutes before the explosion occurs. There's no way for us to measure exactly how far back these fractures go. How do we find them? If I know Captain Janeway, she would activate a subspace beacon to assist us. We're counting on it. First, we have to find a fracture in a location where they've been. Then we have to microscan the fracture to try to pick up the signal from their subspace beacon. Once we've identified where and when they are, then we have to widen the fracture at that point. How do you suggest we do that? We're not sure yet. Yeah, we're working on that still, so... Uh... It's pretty good techno babble, though. You know, this idea of this explosion going back mm. in time instead of forward in time. You know, these shock waves allowing mm -hmm. them to uh, sort of what? ride it back in is time. Is something wrong? Yes, terribly wrong. Your brain is not on file. Either your government failed to transmit the standard 15501 crew personnel report, or somebody at Starfleet Medical really fouled up. I'm not a member of the Starfleet crew. We came aboard at mid-expedition. And no one asked you for your medical histories when you arrived? Of course not. That would be the ship's doctor's job. Yeah. My job. So, uh, If anyone had bothered to tell me about new passengers, but the, I seem to be the last to know the just about everything The doctor here is, here. Uh, you know, an so, early version, you know, where he, just he doesn't know Kess and Neelix very well. Just us. And the crew from another ship that was destroyed. Another crew. That's nice. <laughs> I like this his attitude. This is the emergency medical either. holographic system to Captain Janeway. She's not on board. She's missing on the surface of a planet. Missing. The captain is missing. It seems I found myself on the voyage of the damned. <laughs> Very well. Please advise the highest ranking officer who is not missing to see me at his earliest convenience. You may shut off my program now. But you haven't told us anything about her condition. She's the healthiest member of her species I've ever seen. The only member of her species I've ever seen. You have a lovely brain. It will make a fine addition to our files. I wouldn't worry. If your species has a history of extraordinary mental abilities, this may simply be your way of flexing those muscles for the first time. Living in space requires the body to make a variety of biological adjustments. This could be a side effect of that process. Go home, get a good night's sleep, and drink plenty of fluids. Fluids? Everybody should drink plenty of fluids. Don't leave without turning me off. Computer and program. And call me in the morning. It's fun to see, uh, you know, the EMH, uh, in, uh, you know, working in the early days of Voyager. 
I know. So they've switched into sort of local clothing now. Think about it, Tom. Which I always get a kick out of the kind of clothing, especially TNG and some of these shows used. Always looks like Logan's Run to me. They, you know, they're colorful and and oh, Jamie let her hair down too. He considered it the guiding principle of space exploration. To be honest, I tuned out most of his sermons years ago. Well, tune back into this one because I agree with him. You have no idea what the consequences might be once you involve yourself. The consequences would have to be better than mass destruction. You're not to warn these people. That's an order. Oh, God. Come on. So the little kid's still uh, sort of messing with them. I know them. you're lying. Young man, we're here on a business trip, and we have a lot of work to do. The officer told me you came here on the Continental Transport. That's right. We're from Kalto Province. Yeah? Well, I just talked to the transport attendant. He told me four people came today from Kalto. Two of them were a lot older than you, and they had a child with them. Well, the attendant was wrong. That was us. So, where's the child? We ate him. <laughs> because we are demons, and we eat children, and I haven't had my supper yet. <laughs> Sorry. I just figured it was the quickest way. Let's concentrate on getting out of here. I like that, actually. Uh, even though there was some, like, even a little comment in some of the minutes and notes on this uh, was the same subspace fracture showing Tom being kind of mean to the kid around. they thought was kind of rough, but... If they were caused by a polaric explosion, is there any way we could use polaric energy to get us back? If we had access to a polaric ion generator, we could modify a tricorder to emit a polaric field. At the very least, it might help us scan for a fracture. I wonder where these conduits get their power. Yeah, for the, uh, you know, in an early episode, they did some nice work here with locations and things, although some of the behind-the-scenes guys now are having a big, like, uh, controversy here. People are kind of uh, yelling at these guards for this facility. They're not shooting at anyone yet, they're just shooting in the air. Jamie got bonked on the head in Paris, knocked the guy out, and uh, and still the little kid is following them. This device uses the same polaric energy that destroyed the planet. At intense levels, it can open a subspace fracture. Wide enough for the captain in Paris to get through? If we can locate them, this is capable of bringing them back. The logical place to begin would be at the same location they disappeared. Only problem is, at the necessary intensity, Polaric generator will burn itself out after 30 seconds at best. Can't we reinitialize the generator and try again? Not at the same location. Once we make an attempt at any given location, the damage to subspace will make a second attempt impossible. How do we prevent one of us from getting trapped in a fracture? We've modified our tricorders to detect the fractures, and all of us will be wearing one of these. It puts out an anti-polaric field. It should repel the fractures when they get within three meters. Nice work. Ah, Commander. Will you be going back to the planet's surface? We're getting ready to leave right now. I have to go with you. There's nothing down there you want to see, Cass. That's what I told her. 
I've already seen it. I have to go. So Janeway's got a big old cut on her forehead from the little fight, the uh, little I'm scuffle sorry they to had. you in this. my colleague, Nightarla. Apparently you just happened to be at the wrong place at the wrong time. I was just thinking the very same thing. What were you doing there? We're from Kalto province. We were hoping to tour your power facility. Compare it to our own. I've never seen a Carlton with your color hair. Well, now you have. My friend thinks you were sent by the government to infiltrate us. Infiltrate? You were there when she got this. Perhaps you were told to put on a good show for us. We don't even know why someone would want to infiltrate you. <laughs> That's hard to believe. Even in Calto, there are protests against Polaric energy. We're not spies. When was the last time you were in a power plant? Not since we left home. You weren't in that plant yesterday? We were just getting there when we stumbled into you. We know you're not telling the truth. We have safety monitors to measure Polaric energy. When you were brought here, they registered five times the normal readings. To register levels this high, you were either inside that plant yesterday or at the site of a Polaric disaster worse than any in the history of this planet. And they pull out these uh, look like almost normal guns, like pistols. And, uh, so they don't believe them, obviously. Because they're like, have all this polaric energy and aura on them. I've, you know, I've, of course, from traveling through the fracture that they did. So now we're back down on the planet after the explosion. Kess is down there, Chakotay. It's as though I can sense the people who are here. I know. It's like walking through a graveyard. No. It's more than that. I almost feel as if I could touch the people who were here. Yeah, some nice work with the sets here, although the some of the found? comments I read about this episode said they were the a little disappointed they could spend a little more money on it. That probably uh, I think they the wanted to make the aliens a little more alien. If that's true, although that's that going to be that allowed Janeway and Paris to Commander, blend in. picking up a signal from a comm badge. The subspace beacon? No, it's not on subspace. It's here. Now. Kim to Janeway. Kim to Paris. Can we locate the source of the signal? Yes, sir. This way. What's your name? Janeway. Unusual name. Not where I'm from. What part of Calto province was that again? I don't see any point in this. There is a point, a very important one. It has to do with our schedule and whether we can keep it or not. Can we? I don't know. Do they know our plan? I have no idea. Look what I caught, sneaking around outside. So it's the little boy, of course, that's, you know, saw him pop in. He's been following him along. And now they caught him outside this uh, place where these people are holding Janeway I'm still not Paris. showing any life signs. 
So they're trying to zero in on the combadge of, uh, of Janeway or Paris. The boy has nothing to do with any of this. Is he yours? No, he's just somebody we met here. Don't trust them. They aren't who they say they are. Really? Thanks, kid. Look, this is all a misunderstanding. They lied about coming here on the Continental Transport. I talked to the attendant myself. Let me go! What do we do with him? We can't let him go. Just put him over there with the other. Now stay quiet. <laughs> he sits, sits him down right next to Paris, and Paris kind of gives him a dirty look. I think at this point, you know, uh, maybe Janeway should just come clean with these guys, huh? What do you guys think? The combat is designed to self-activate when the casing is destroyed to help searchers locate victims. So they find they're basically they were caught in the explosion. They're melted combat. Their combat were caught in the explosion. Further speculation serves no purpose. I suggest we search for other tangible evidence. This is a, you know, one of these time paradoxes things. If they went back in the past but they're not in the future now, then wouldn't they have, None of us have you know, seen devices like definitely been destroyed? Turla believes they're spy equipment. Therefore surveying property. I've been thinking of buying land here. I need to survey it. I'd be curious to know how they work. Would you show me? But then one of them might be a weapon. And I wouldn't want you to show me how that works, would I? Hey, kid. You were right about one thing. I was lying. I don't need children. You don't scare me. My father works for the media bureau. And when I tell him all about this, he'll What go is right he, some kind of journalist? Yes, and so am I. Is that right? I report for my school journal. That's fight where everyone's going to find out about you when I write about this in next week's edition. What's your name? Latika. Latika. I'm sorry. For what? I just am. I realize how this must appear to you, but I'm just a patriot. A patriot? I sincerely believe Polaric energy has the potential to destroy this entire world. I take it very few people here agree with you. We have yeah, more we agree with you, actually, because we, we know what happens. We know the companies are afraid of us. We know they've increased security at all their plants, but it will not be enough to stop us. This is kind of a classic tale, really, of Trek, you know, of power, you know, can't wait dangerous... We have to move up the state. Power or weapons. We know they're not telling and, us the truth. You know, the government not doing the right the thing and, and society trying to stop we them. 400 tomorrow. Wait a minute. Captain? Kess. So Kess is able to sort Do you of have something to somewhat tell me, telepathically connect with that's your real name. Captain Janeway. It is my real name. Captain Catherine Janeway of the Federation Starship Voyager. So, I guess so much Thank for the Prime Directive. Uh, Please elaborate. 
How can you feel their presence? I don't know. I just can. They've been in this room. I know it. Is there a subspace fracture anywhere in here? Affirmative. Set up the equipment. You wanted the truth. All right. Here's the truth. We're from the future. Exactly one day in the future. You mean I was right? We weren't allowed to tell. At least I thought we weren't. In a few hours from now, there will be a serious accident on this world. It will be caused by a polaric detonation. We came here in an interstellar ship to investigate that explosion. When we arrived, we were exposed to the polaric radiation. Showing a subspace fracture, coordinates 141 by 21 by 14, 5% drift, range 4 meters. Got it. Initiating generator. Initiating microscan of the subspace fracture. It's very likely that whatever you're planning to do could be responsible for this tragedy. And somehow you were able to come back here to warn us? The explosion had an after effect that no one expected. It created fractures in time. We fell through one of those fractures. Interstellar ships, fractures in time. Do you honestly expect us to believe all this? I found them. Scanners are picking up a subspace beacon. Adjusting penetration coordinates to match. I'll try to I open have a up feeling the they're going to believe them in a minute or two here. Chakota to Janeway. Eavesdropping devices. No, but they are for communication. My crew is trying to contact me. From the future, of course. Get the particle injector. Bring them with us, the boy too. I have an idea how they can help. So the guy, uh, they take all their other items except the comm badges, which they leave on the table. And then they leave the room in the area. So the little device to open the fracture to let him to get him back it doesn't work, of course, because they left it, the Captain. room. This morning you were giving orders about not interfering because of the prime directive. Now you're telling them everything. I told them the truth when I realized we'd already violated the prime directive in the worst possible manner. How did we do that? Just by being here. Because if we hadn't been here, it's very possible this world would not have been destroyed. What? Think about it, Tom. Before we got involved, these people were planning to commit some kind of sabotage next week. We were the ones who forced a change in their schedule. Because of us, they decided to begin today at 400 rotations. So it's like and a predestination thing where they went back, and Janeway's thinking them going back is the trigger to the whole problem. Wait a minute. You're saying we're responsible for an explosion, even though it occurred before our ship arrived here? We've traveled back to a point in time before the explosion. So yes, we can be responsible for it. Let's say we never came, and their plans didn't change. 
Wouldn't the accident simply have occurred next week instead of today? Who knows what might have happened between now and then. They could have been arrested before they got a chance to carry it out. Conditions at the plant might not have been the same next week. But it's become So they're walking outside of this uh, power facility. I think it's at the power facility. They're kind of obviously talking amongst themselves, although these other guys should be able to overhear We're running them. running at a close. The subspace fractures are closing. We've lost over 70% of them. At this point, we're suggesting we concentrate our search at the flashpoint. May I ask what you expect to accomplish by doing that? We figure the captain and Paris might have looked for the origin of the explosion to try and prevent it. Unlikely. It would be a highly questionable decision in light of the Prime Directive. If it were me, I would have tried to get there. The issue is whether Captain Janeway would go there, not you, Commander. You think you can locate the flashpoint? We already have. Let's go. Your job is to get us past the guards. We'll tell them you're bringing us here to negotiate a settlement of our dispute with the power company. I cannot and will not do anything to help you. Think before you say no. Turla has a weapon trained on the boy. If shooting begins, he'll be the first victim. Ah, uh, yeah. Threaten little kids. That'll get you. Is there something I can do for you? She's a government representative on official business. I am a hostage. These men are here to break into the plant. So the, the little boy was running and Paris threw himself in front of a gunshot thing. Their lives are on your conscience, Shaneway! You saved my life! Don't waste time with me, Captain. Gotta stop them. Will you stay with him until help arrives? Sure he will. The kid and I... We're old friends now, aren't we? Yeah. I'll be back for you. Funny, uh, Paris, the little kid that looks kind of like a young Tom Paris. They kind of have the same hair and uh, look about them. One thing about this episode that I find that a little confuses me is the, you know, that although it doesn't always work in Trek, they all speak basic English. They don't have their com badges anymore, so there's no built-in universal translator. So, and of course, they all look human. You know, that that's. You kind of have to let that part go a little bit, of course, but... And Janeway's followed them. She got a hold of one of their weapons. They have all of their tricorders and equipment and phasers, but... And they're in this power facility uh, center right now, which she has pretty much concluded it. They're the ones that caused the big blow-up and accident. The Polaric levels are higher here than any place we've been so far. This was undoubtedly the flashpoint of the explosion. Whatever went wrong, it started here. 
Do we have subspace fractures to work with in here? Affirmative. They remain quite numerous in this area. So a cool part of this episode is, you Set know, up the this, equipment. Aye, sir. this way that they're using both sets and, and, you know, where they're in the past and you can see everything lit and, and then they swap that with the other, the crew in the future, trying to find them. It works pretty effectively, I think. So they're all, there's three of them all at this little terminal area, and, and they're kind of have their backs to Janeway as she's trying to slip down this corridor. It's good to see the captain, it's good to see Janeway, you know, out here and kind of in the field and in the action. I think that was one of the big things about this episode. They want to establish the type of captain, the type of character that she is as best they could. Uh, they were trying the to... They thought Cisco and Deep Space Nine, some of the early uh, episodes weren't effective. Just hand that back to me. So she pulls out, she pulls a gun on these guys and tries to stop them. 310, 2% drift, range six meters, mark. I have it. Initiating generator. Scanning for the subspace beacon. It doesn't look like that we're here. It is highly unlikely that Captain Janeway would come here to... No. The captain did come. She was here. This is where she died. Everybody on this planet has less than three minutes to live if you go through with this, McCall. Don't! What exactly do you think we are planning to do here? I assume you're going to sabotage the plant. Probably by detonating some kind of device. We're not stupid enough to blow up anything here. That may be true, but something will go wrong. Nothing is going to go wrong unless you fire that weapon near a Polaric conduit. For everyone's safety, I suggest you put it down. Give me the bag. Give me the bag. Kess is right. The captain was here at the moment the explosion occurred. Is there any way to break through subspace a few minutes before the detonation? If the widest point of the fracture represents the time of the explosion, couldn't we open a hole just before the widest point? There's no way we could pinpoint the exact time we'd be penetrating, but we could make an educated guess. I feel it is my duty to point out there is absolutely no logical reason to believe Kess is correct. However, since I have no alternative course of action to recommend at this time, I suggest we proceed. Commander? Yeah, she's been pretty accurate so far. What time is it? 401 rotations plus 21. We'll just wait until... 23. 23? What's the importance of 23? Well, it's kind of my lucky oh. number, yeah. This is all about the alleged time of our self-annihilation. All right. Let's just see if we can all get through the... What's going on? They're cutting through subspace. My God. He's going to intersect with a conduit wall. Our own rescue attempt. That's what sets it off. 
My weapon may be able to seal that hole. It's our only chance. So Janeway grabs her phaser and kind of on this wide beam and is trying to close the hole that they're I'm getting nadium particle resistance from the other side. Increasing generator to maximum output. The generator's overloading. I don't understand. It's not working. We're not penetrating the fracture. So it sort of gives him a reverse blast. You really think she's going to wait for you? I hope so. Let her go. Now we're back, of course, at the early part of this episode on the bridge. Well, you and I have the Delaney sisters. Now the trick with this episode is trying you, to figure out sort of what happens here. Somehow Janeway's phaser prevented what it's was happening, so therefore the planet doesn't blow up, therefore they never go there, correct? Told them all about That's you. kind of the idea here, I think. What did you tell them about me? Uh, well, for one thing, how you broke the single pilot speed record at the academy record there was some never broke any record some of the people who worked on this show really thought that they didn't do a very good job of explaining this exactly but so again we're back at the beginning on the bridge yes, no explosion we've identified an m-class planet in the red dwarf system we're approaching do you want to change course to investigate are you familiar with any intelligent life forms in this system mr neelix Familiar? Uh, not exactly familiar. Considerably less than familiar, actually. Yes. What are you doing here? I had to know. No. No, what? The planet. Everyone was killed. There was this terrible explosion. You, you had a bad dream. No, it was more than a dream. Mr. Tuvok, any indications of trouble on that M-class planet? Negative, Captain. Is it populated? Sensors do show humanoid life. There is no satellite system, and no indications of spacecraft in the vicinity. It appears to be a pre-warp civilization. Which means, as a policy, we don't involve ourselves in their affairs. Of course. A most enlightened philosophy. Come on, Kiss. I'm sorry, Captain. Is it possible to see this planet on the view screen? There it is. And of course it looks fine, you know, everything's, you know, blue sky, vegetation. Thank you. So Cass, you know, with her weird, funky abilities, you know, knows what happened in sort of both time streams, time incidents. Enter the planet's coordinates into the log and maintain present heading, Commander. Warp 6. So basically, again, the, the point being, Janeway stopped the explosion from happening, therefore the explosion didn't happen, therefore they never were went there to investigate, correct? <laughs> you got all that? 
turn down this music a little bit. So there we go. Uh, time and again, the um, the Voyager episode of this week, and uh, I think it's a good one. I liked it a lot. It involves, of course, you know, some things that I enjoy, like time travel. You have the prime directive factor as well. Uh, the uh, I think Michael Piller, you know, there's a couple of things I was going to say here. He said that he was pretty proud of this installment. He says, I thought it was a pretty good show. It was part of our learning curve. It wasn't quite as good as I'd hoped it would be, but I thought there were many good things about it. For a traditional time anomaly story, he thinks it holds up pretty well. And he went on to say, I like the idea of it and I liked what we did. Uh, but the Altman scale, I give it a two and a half stars out of four. He says it didn't quite deliver, but I like the idea of going back and, por- back and forth between the two time periods. Yeah, I think that was some of the best stuff of it. I think the 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 ending for some people may be a little was a little hard to swallow and understand completely. But I think these days, I don't know. I think it works pretty well. It makes sense to me. She stops them from opening that portal, which would have created the explosion. And therefore, that never happens. Therefore, the time stream is sort of reset. Uh, although you can get into all kinds of parallel time discussions where it's like, well, did that mean you sort of have two branches of things going on? Like in that episode with Worf of TNG where there's multiple universes and each time kind of a, a decision or something major happens that you splinter and, and you actually have... Uh, a universe that's created uh, for that. Like if you're going down the road and you turn left instead of turning right, there's a universe for if you turned right, there's a universe for if you turn left. It, it's it's kind of deep stuff, but uh, I, I like thinking about it. I'm going to take a very, very short break here, and I'll come back and we'll wrap up today's podcast. Hey, this is Ethan Phillips from Star Trek Voyager, and you're listening to Treks in Sci-Fi. Okay, I also wanted to say a big thanks to Dave uh, for looking at that movie last week, uh, Contact. Uh, that was very cool. Uh, I enjoy that movie a lot, so thanks for that, Dave. I, I appreciate it. Uh, also, I mentioned, I think briefly at the beginning, but uh, I just did a guest spot on the Star Wars Stacks podcast, so check that out. I think it's episode 13 that I, I did, and we talked... Uh, we talked about Star Wars and, and, and different things related to the Star Wars world and universe, related to the movies, books, and lots of little side topics. So that was fun with uh, with Chris and Joe. Coming up on tracks in sci-fi for the next few weeks, so I've got um, I've got it mapped out through, I guess, through the 22nd of February. Yeah. So next weekend, you're gonna have Mark here with another classic sci-fi uh, movie. You're gonna he's gonna look at. Robinson Crusoe on Mars, which is a really fun movie. Been a long time since I've seen that. I should watch it again. In two weeks, uh, Rico, myself, yes, and Kenny, we're going to both be back uh, looking at the next Harry Potter film and book, Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. Actually, we recorded that recently, so that's uh, getting edited up, and we'll be here in two weeks for you. Uh, we're trying to work our way yeah, maybe maybe once a month, maybe once every two months through one of the movie books uh, in the Harry Potter series, which is a lot of fun to go back and watch those. Uh, really, really fun. I actually watched that uh, movie over uh, my plane rides to Mexico and always cool to either read a good book or watch a movie on an airplane. It gives you something to pass the time. Next up will be on the 22nd of February. I'm uh, going to look at sort of an overall World of Tolkien podcast. That's going to be with Chris and Dave, uh, Chris's friend Dave. They're going to look at uh, Tolkien and talk a little bit about that, a little bit about it. It's, <laughs> it's a big topic, big topic, guys. So uh, 
So that's what's coming up on Trucks and Sci-Fi. I hope everybody's uh, looking forward to enjoying, uh, well, I'm looking forward to enjoying the Super Bowl commercials because I really don't watch the game. I'm not a big football fan. Certainly not a big pro football fan. Really, uh, it doesn't you know do much for me. I, but I, I do know some people out in the Northwest area, so I think a lot of those guys are rooting for the Seahawks. I, I uh, My prediction is they will win. That's my prediction right now. So uh, I am recording this on Sunday morning of Super Bowl Sunday morning, the 1st of February. So there we go for all of time. <laughs> uh, but I hope it's a good game for the people who enjoy that. And I always enjoy watching the, the commercials for all the movie previews that they'll have. May, who knows? Maybe we'll get lucky, see something that we're not expecting. Star Wars? More Star Wars stuff? I doubt it. I kind of doubt that. But uh, I'm looking forward to it anyway. Hopefully we'll get some new looks at some of this stuff coming up, like Age of Ultron or Ant-Man or, or, or some other big Hollywood blockbuster from this summer, like the Terminator movie and, and so forth. So, Okay, I'm going to get out of here. Everyone, have a great week. Stay uh, safe and warm and healthy and dry and wherever you're at. Uh, enjoy the, enjoy the, uh, the week ahead, and I'll talk to you again soon. Bye-bye. This has been a Rick Dosty podcast production.